1: or Candidate Search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and you're all around hiring guru. And you know it is my favorite thing each week to bring you some phenomenal speakers and guests who are just going to light up your world. And today is no different, I promise you. You're gonna wanna be sure to check out some of her talks. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Tracy Litt, mindset coach, TEDx speaker, author and founder of the Lip Factor. Her passion for personal growth shines through in the transformations of her clients. Her mission is to support you in cultivating a phenomenal relationship with yourself. And she, inspi- and she moves this mission forward by inspiring others through her coaching, speaking, and writing, including her book, Worthy Human, because you are the problem and the solution. Thank you for joining us, Tracy
0: thank you for having me i'm so excited to be
1: here i am just absolutely beside myself i want to be bouncing up in the chair right now because i am so excited to have this conversation with you today but first two things before we get started number one i always like i think it's so important that we talk about networking and that we encourage our audience to do that and constantly be pouring into that well um so that when you need someone they're there so The reason I met you was because I needed you and you were there, but who introduced us?
0: We have a mutual friend in Susan, or Suzanne Castle. Yes. She's an amazing woman, so dynamic. Uh, And right after the two of you formed your relationship, I received a message, Tracy, you need to know Casey. And I assume it went something similarly for you. (laughs) Absolutely, And, and it's with like all
1: the sparkle. You know, she's chief yeah. sparkling yeah. officer, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and one of the thing I really love about her because I want to give her a really good shout out is that, you know, her gift, her love language is the gift of giving. And I'm not kidding you. It's like, if I get on the phone with her the next day, I get a package, something. Yeah. It's crazy. She's amazing. I recently
0: received a postcard from her like, with a little love message on it. So yes, that is
1: spot on. That is so awesome. What? And I love that she is so giving and she introduced me to you. And I know that there's going to be a ton of wonderful connections that come out of this for both of us. So I just can't wait to see where this goes after this conversation today. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about before we just dive into the content is I just watched your TEDx talk again. And I am telling you every time I walk away with something new.
0: Thank you. I fully let that in. I fully let that in. That was the intent, right? Dear fear, fear, it's not you, it's me. Fear is the underpinning of all the things, which I'm sure we will get into because you cannot have a conversation about moving yourself or your career forward without talking about fear. So I'm really glad that it served you so well.
1: Absolutely. And I just really, guys, if you want to see this for yourself and you need to see it, because there's, yeah, you just need to go see it. <laughs> You'll see why. Um, but it's so easy to find on YouTube, just Tracy Lit TEDx, and it pops right up. So please go check that out and support her, because she gave this as a gift to you. you. So, you. so tell me a little bit about the work you do,
0: and what led you to it? Hmm. <laughs> So uh, I am a mindset teacher and a spiritual advisor for female leaders and entrepreneurs specifically. Um, and for me, you know, it was—it's my calling. I wasn't aware that it was my calling, but while I was sitting as a vice president of human resources and recruitment for 12 years, there was some gnawing in my soul. There was something going on that was like, "Mm-hmm, yeah, you can't do this for the rest of your life. There is something that you need to do where you're going to impact people on a deeper level uh, in a more transformational way. And it was really a function of me listening to that calling, albeit I sat in fear for two years. I want to be really clear about that, okay? You don't just like have an idea and then leap with no fear. I sat in the fear, which is why I became really an expert in it because I was so curious about how could I be so called to something and so excited, yet simultaneously so paralyzed and unable to take action. Um, And once I moved through that, that's kind of brought me into so much of what I do now with the beautiful clients that I work with. Um, But that's really how it started. It was really just a knowing and a calling and my ability to listen to myself, and then lean in on what my soul and my higher self was telling me.
1: I I think that is so beautiful what you just said and so many little nuggets there, because I think you're right. There's so many of us that'll have these ideas and these callings. And then we let that, you know, imposter syndrome just sit on our shoulders and say, you can't do that. Why do you think you can do that? Others are going to laugh at you. You know i mean those are some of the fears i have were were those some of the similar fears you had
0: yeah so very similar my fear i call it a fear talk track Mm -hmm. we all have it um and this is actually beautiful because i'm going to introduce to all of you right now that imposter syndrome is a lie Mm -hmm. okay so i know that everybody like we, we all like to really feed into imposter syndrome but my talk track and i'll come back to what i'm saying was what if you suck what if it's too much of a risk? What if you leave this cushy, phenomenal? There was nothing wrong with my career. It was actually quite lovely. Uh, what if you leave this and, you know, you end up with nothing? And what that is, is self-doubt, right? And and your mind uses fear to keep you safe, and fear uses thoughts of self-doubt to get you to not do the Mm. So that's what it sounded like for me, which is exactly where me teaching imposter syndrome is a lie because imposter syndrome is a construct. It's it's a collection of statements and thoughts that you can either subscribe to or not. That's how powerful you are. When you understand that the thing in between your ears is a tool, the greatest tool you'll ever have, and how to use your mind effectively to leverage your mindset on things, it's to recognize, oh, okay, so if I subscribe to the construct that is imposter syndrome, that's so easy to subscribe to because it's a society, it's so widely accepted, then guess what happens? You get to use it as a crutch and a reason that you're not showing up and leaning in. Well, because you have imposter syndrome, now you're possessing it. Now you're owning the imposter syndrome. When in actual fact, it's really just a collection of thoughts that you have the inner power to completely not think again and feed your mind thoughts that are going to allow you to become who you want to become and do what you want to do.
1: You know, that is so, again, beautiful. I love how you just said that. And it's really strange, but I was led to... Listen to Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret again today. And, you know, and he's that's what he says the greatest secret is you are what you think. Mm-hmm. L- Period. In the story. Actually. Yeah. Complete. I know. I, and I, once you realize that, and I, I don't think so many people do, but once you do, it
0: just frees your life. Yeah, and that's ultimately what we're all after, Yeah, is an inner, you know, we we, we, we claim it, talk about it as outer freedom, but it's really inner freedom. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that you live in the feeling of what you think, and that really it's your thinking, that's the origin point for everything, then it's time to lean in and actually leverage that superpower, yes. right? Because to your point, so many people, you, you might post a meme about it, right? You might look at a graphic and be like, yes, change my thoughts, change my life. But are you actually doing it? Are you practicing it? Like that's what I'm interested in because information without application is useless. Yep. Right? So let's how do how? Like lately I've been called the how behind the hype. Because how? Tell me, how do I love myself? How do I love my fear? How do I change my thoughts? How do I do all these beautiful things that are going to access this inner power that is currently alive in you right now? Just nobody ever taught you how to use it, right? And and leverage it practically over and over and over again to generate what you desire and quite frankly, what you deserve. That is
1: Amazing. So, well, let's talk about this then. So your book is all about feeling worthy. Why do so many people struggle with this?
0: Do we have like three weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Let's convince it to a little nugget. (laughs) So from the third trimester in your mother's womb till about seven or eight years old, you are all subconscious mind. It is as if you are a video camera turned on 24-7, 365 with no filter, just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. And inevitably, and no one is exempt from this, no one, the things that happen to us and around us in our early childhood start to embed lies that Mm -hmm. I like to call them, disempowering beliefs that always drill down in some form or fashion to, I don't matter. I'm a disappointment, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy. So, it might have been that your uh, mother scolded you because you didn't want to share your toy with your little brother at three years old, which is super reasonable because you're three and it's your new toy. But in that moment, because you don't have consciousness and the ability to discern and understand and filter, your system takes that in as, well, mom yelled at me, that must mean there's something wrong with me. And if there's something wrong with me, it must not mean that I'm not enough. If your father left you when you were little, you're going to make that mean that you weren't enough, mm. right? If you didn't make the soccer team at five years old. That's in your psyche. You're going to make that mean you're not enough. So we, what we have here is all of these beautiful, magnificent, totally worthy, fabulous grown ass humans walking the earth and our little girls and boys are driving how we show up or still carrying these little these little suitcases, I like to visualize them as, as all of the reasons why you're not enough, all of the justification of why you don't feel worthy. And what I really want everyone to, to hear and know and believe is, oh, you are you are worthy. Like all of that was just like a misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, and all of our minds did that to us. And your birthright, your birthright as a spiritual being having a human experience is that you are whole, you are worthy, you are lovable, and you are abundant. Full stop.
1: And it's all so true. I mean, these are all thoughts that, you know, I that I wish that I could take out of my head, take out of your head and put into everybody else's head. I mean, what would the consciousness of the world look like if that happened? It'd be beautiful. Well,
0: that's exactly what I'm striving for. And right now, I mean, we're so lucky we are, we are at the cross-section of a consciousness revolution. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, agree. Firmly, right, and in conversations going on in circles of consciousness, enlightenment, and awareness, if you haven't woken up, right, then what are you actually waiting for? If 2020 didn't jolt something in you, I, I don't really know what it's gonna take. So it's really time to recognize that you have this power, that you are the cause of every effect, which is the second intention of the book, right? It's to eradicate the lie of unworthiness. And it's for you to recognize you're the problem and the solution. You're the only thing that's ever getting in your own way. And when you can go, oh, okay, well, it kind of pisses me off at first, that's cool. I have no problem with that. Allow that activation to then shift you into. But if I'm the thing that's getting in my own way, wouldn't that also mean that I'm the thing that can get me out of my own way? Right. Absolutely. Freedom.
1: Absolutely. You know, I recently went through a session of rapid transformation therapy. Have you heard of that?
0: Yes, I am a rapid transformation. I thought you were. I I thought
1: that is so okay. So tell us a little bit about what that is, because I think that it is the quickest way to get rid of some of those limiting beliefs and those doubts by meeting your inner
0: child. Yes, absolutely. So rapid transformational hypnotherapy is a form of hypnotherapy, uh, really a healing method created by Marissa Peer, who is uh, a very, very renowned therapist in London. And essentially it combines psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, NLP, and hypnotherapy into one intensive session that allows you to take a look at what lies beneath the things that you are subscribing to, right? Your anxiety, your not enoughness, your inability to keep or create more money in your life, your unworthiness, because we aren't born with those things. Nobody's born Mm -hmm. with anxiety, right? You're not born with that uh, you know, with questioning that or feelings of high sense of control, we have, things happen to us when we're little and then we form adaptive behaviors and ways of being as a form of protection. So what happens with RTT is we take you through hypnosis. So the hypnosis part is really just dropping you into a deeper state of yourself. And then from there, we're taking a look at going like, what's the root and the cause? What's the scene that comes up in your mind where you first felt like you weren't enough? You know, I became an RTT because I was a client of RTT. I struggled with not feeling smart enough my entire life, like, which is ridiculous because now that I know the truth, I'm so smart. It's crazy. You're but brilliant. I, I dropped out of college. I made really not good choices as a teenager, right? Like I really limited myself in a lot of ways because I was carrying a core belief that I wasn't enough, which we all have somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah,
1: I love that. And I totally went off on a tangent talking about RTT, but I thought it was so relatable to what you just said. And for people that are truly on a path of self-development, this is
0: the quickest, one of the quickest ways to get out of your way, I think. Oh, absolutely. And what I love about it and what I love about in conjunction with the work that I do is it's not just one thing, right? So RTT is incredible and gives you a real release and shows you the truth. And then it is critically important that you learn how to make new conscious choices, mm-hmm. right? So that you can carry on and really feel the effects of that new truth. It's not just the R T T alone. It's not just mindset work alone. It's it's never that. It's taking a look at all of the beautiful modalities and using them together to get absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Remind me to tell you about my journal when we get done with this because I think it's going okay. to play along perfectly with what you're doing. So, okay. So you recently talked about negotiating your self-worth in a podcast. So what does that mean to negotiate your self-worth and is, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah.
0: Oh, it is a detrimental thing, okay. detrimental thing, right? Well, I, I don't want to judge it as good or bad because it depends on what your end goal is. If you want to justify your limitations, keep negotiating your worth, right? Uh, but for the, the sake of really helping you elevate, when we negotiate our worth, it is in essence you playing the I'm not enough game, mm. right? And And really, we have to stop participating in the I am not enough game. When we negotiate our worth, it's like we literally are like laying down on a table and it's like, here, pick me apart, negotiate me, tell me all the things that are wrong with me. And that is an invitation that doesn't lead to anywhere good. So the core of uh, really the fastest way to, to never negotiate your worth again, and it's so simple, it's almost like, come on. But I promise if you try this on, it will work every single time. Stop making everything about you. Ugh. That's so good. <laughs> stop it. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I, my, my clients call it my mom voice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm like, stop it. Just stop <laughs> it. Right? Because, because the ego is so strong in every one of us that anything that happens, we want to make it about us. Right? Yeah. We didn't get that job offer. Oh my God, this must mean that I suck. What's wrong with me? Boom. There you are making it about you. It's not yep. about you. It's not about you at all, right? In any instance, as someone who used to hire people for a living, right? Number one, you want to know that if that wasn't the right role for you, then that's, there's something greater coming your way, right? Or there was a candidate that was just a better fit for various reasons, but then you go swimming down the rabbit hole, of but it's about me. And then it takes you into a place of I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Nothing's ever going to work out for me. And it starts to populate that kind of low level thinking. Right? When a relationship ends, oh my God, what did I do? What could I have done differently? And you start to make it about you, right? So in any instance, when you can just pause and go, hold on, this is not about me at all. If your spouse walks through the house and they're in a pissy mood, you, you're instantly taking it personally. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you. stop making things about you and you will quickly start to feel more worthy and you will stop negotiating your worth.
1: Yeah, I- that is such a good example because, you know, prior to going to coaching school, you know, I would do that all the time, you know, especially at work, you know, being in a sales environment, you know, you hear somebody whispering over here and they're like, oh, my gosh, they're about to go steal my client. You know, when they weren't even talking about me or they go in somebody's office and close the door and I'm like, oh, what are they saying about me? And it's not about me. And one of the things that you say in your TED talk is and, and my mentor actually tells me this, too. Um, but you're like, it's none of your business what other people think about you. Yeah. And I, yeah. again, if you want to talk about being free, mm. just live with that, believe that. And like you say, lean into it because once you start not caring and you just say, oh, you don't like me, that's none of my
0: business. It changes everything. Oh, well, everything, because if you really drill this down, when you're caring about what other people think, you are being a shell, half level version of yourself. You can't possibly be true and into the fullest expression of who you are when you are being a contortionist and gas and breaking on making sure that everybody likes you. Yes. Everybody's happy with you all the time. Like it's actually insane. Yeah. Right? It's 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 exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to get any of the things that you desire, right? In your career, in your business, in your promotions, and your wealth, and all of the things, what does it really take at the core? You being the fullest expression of who you are. You unabashedly, unapologetically being what I call your take me or leave me self. Yep. Either way, awesome. <laughs> right? Take I'm me a, or leave yeah. me. Either way, awesome. I'm not pizza. Neither are you. Not everybody's. <laughs> a
1: That's beautiful. I just really love that. And I think that so many things that you've said here today can just change people's lives just almost instantaneously if you just put them into practice. So I also wanted to talk about your signature talk that's called Don't Believe Everything You Think which, okay, we just had this conversation, right? You are what you think, so don't. but you can't believe everything you think. So let's kind of unpack that a little bit. What does this mean? And why are we so prone to believe negative thoughts about ourselves?
0: Oh, so um, the negative thought thing, the negativity in general, the prone to negativity, let's call it that, is actually brought to us from the same part of our being that brings us our fear response. It's the primal part of us. So when we we have three brains and the first brain, we'll just talk about the first one for a second. The first brain is our primitive brain, our reptilian brain. People, it's interchangeably called those two things. That's where our amygdala lives. That's where our fear response lives. And that brain was developed when we were cave women and we were sexy, cave women. <laughs> And what, would, what was necessary about our primitive brain is that its core is survival. Its core is keep her alive, keep her alive, keep her alive. So it was wired to actually and solely have a negative focus. Where's the problem? Where's the problem? Where's the problem? Find the negativity because the negativity could mean that she's going to die so that's really what we're up against so our wiring is what makes it feel so natural and so easy for us to be problem focused and for us to find the negative you know a fun fact it takes three positive thoughts to outweigh one negative one Mm. right because of the of the of the uh rootedness of our innate problem finding all through the lens of I want to help her and make sure she stays alive, right? But the trouble is, and we talk about—I talk about this in the TEDx—you hit a point where now you want to create your dreams and you want to go after the promotion or you want to start the business or you want to leave the marriage or whatever, and that part of your system goes, "Nope, nope, that's a problem. That's a problem. You're going to die. Stay exactly where you are." So that's really where the negative, where like the the uh, why it feels so easy to go negative. It's not it's not uh, for just some of us, it's for all of us, because it's a human wiring type of thing, which is what makes don't believe everything you think so non-negotiable. It's now kind of evolved into don't believe anything you think, because the thoughts that your mind offers you when you are not working on yourself, mm-hmm. right, or even when you are and you're moving into something unfamiliar, comes from one of three places. Fear, ego, and past experience. Those thoughts, when you believe them, meaning attach to them, subscribe to them, just like I was talking about imposter syndrome before, right? If I walk around attaching to the thought, God, I'm such a fraud, God, I'm such a fraud, mm. God, I'm such a fraud, right? Yeah. Then what is that going to net in how I feel and how I show up in my life? I don't have to explain that. You guys know what that looks like, right? Yeah. Conversely, if I don't believe, that thought that was offered to me because our thoughts are options, not facts. And I go, hmm, I'm amazing and I was born for success. I'm amazing and I was born for success. I'm amazing and I was born for success. Boom, you can instantly feel the difference of how I would feel and how I would be showing up, which would net me a completely different reality, which is exactly what change your thoughts, change your life actually means from a practical perspective. I love this, and I, you
1: know, I'm such a firm believer. Especially, you know, having gone through IPEC, which I think was huge, um, you know, in learning how to co-create my own reality. And really,
0: what that means is controlling your thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. It yeah, has nothing. Yeah. No, I, I, love what you're saying, and I want to actually elevate that a little. Not even controlling your thoughts, because we relax; nothing's under control, right? Like control is such a. <laughs> choosing, just choosing, like recognizing when you're feeling a certain way, it's driven by your thinking. So if you're feeling anxious, you're thinking anxious. If you're feeling low, you're thinking low. If you're feeling really confident, you're thinking thoughts of confidence, it's directly correlated and there's Mm -hmm. no gray. So that's what it really is about. It's about being able to choose your thinking or think on purpose instead of letting your mind just blindly lead you into more of the same, because when you stay the same, your mind and body is over here going, yes, we're safe. (laughs) And your dreams and your next level are like, it's like mind one, dreams zero.
1: Right that's so true so true so how can leaders empower their employees to feel worthy of their success and get rid of those negative thoughts
0: hmm um well the first thing is to really invest in your people Mm. right so i'll tell you for at leaders to leaders i will give you something more like okay what can you do but i really just have to say especially as someone who sat in a vp of hr role for a global a few global companies you know the, the investment needs to be in the people. You know, we tend to are so quick to invest in the tech system or the next software, this or the next external system or revamping the office space. When in actual fact, the best way to help your people is to actually help your people and invest in your people. What we're learning, and I get I, I feel very lucky because I do a lot of corporate development work, specifically in like women's leadership initiatives mm-hmm. and other female spaces. And what we're learning is that all professional development is truly personal development at the core. So So we have to get better corporate America at recognizing that when we invest in the person and help them grow, we then gain more loyalty, right? More productivity. We have more shared purpose. We have lower attrition, right? And your people are really being seen and heard, which is really what every human being needs at the core.
1: Absolutely. So
0: that's the direct right answer that I have then for leaders, see and hear your people. Yeah. And I- Go ahead, no, go ahead. I'm
1: so I love what you said talk. about the personal development is the professional development, because it's so interesting because I just started working with a client Two and we were looking at two different tracks like the leadership track or going through the law of being and after meeting and and the person that's paying the client really wanted this track but after speaking with the person that I was going to be coaching it really was the other track that we needed to go which was more of the inner work the personal development first before we got to the leadership part right and I was very excited that the uh, company decided to let the client choose which track they wanted to take and so it's going really well so i love that and i wish
0: more companies would do that it's amazing and kudos to that client, really mm-hmm. kudos to that client. That's a big deal. It's very progressive, Yeah. right? Most of, a lot of what happens in corporate is very antiquated and that's a very progressive thing to be able to do. And what's so fabulous about that is the law of being you guys, it's about being, who are you being? Yes. Yes. You want to, you want to, you know, we tend to think of like leadership through this old outdated patriarchal lens of like title and hierarchy and authority and leadership is everything but that. Who are you being? What's the energy you're emitting? How are you showing up? Did you create a forum for your team and for your people mm-hmm. to feel safe and feel seen and heard where they can share their ideas? Because why do you have them on your team if you don't want to hear what they have to say? But I bet you half of them are mute because they're afraid. Yeah, why? I agree. We're not creating the forum and the space, and we can. It,
1: and the safe zone. You know, I, I did a blog on that one time about the safe zone of communication because if you don't have that safe zone, you're gonna lose your good talent because they're not gonna feel, just like you said, like they can step up and tell you what they really want. They're doing what you want, not what they want. And they're gonna leave.
0: Yes, yes. We need to have a whole conversation about this topic because it is it is that essential, mm-hmm. right? And it is that under-discussed.
1: Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. So in my world, we see a lot of candidates that have what you don't like to call the imposter syndrome, but they still do have that imposter syndrome. They've embraced it for whatever reason. Self-doubt,
0: self-doubt. we all yeah. have self-doubt. Totally. Exactly,
1: and they feel like a fraud. And so how can they overcome this in the workplace?
0: I want you to learn how to think on purpose, and I'm gonna actually like walk you through it. I'm gonna show it to you, how about that? Okay. I to show you something. I love Here's pictures. I'm going to gift you a little, I'm going to give you a little exercise I'm gonna grab my Sharpie. Okay. And here's what we're going to do. Okay. And here's what's fun about this. I love practical, right? What's fun about this is, and I'm going to use she, because that is how um, I relate, but you can use she, he, they, mm-hmm. whatever works for you. Okay. So anytime you are in the workplace or in the home place or wherever, and you're starting to recognize that the self-doubt is activated, okay? Which we all have, it is beautifully normal. Your mind's here to keep you alive. Your mind triggers your fear response. Your fear response goes, great, I'll employ self-doubt right now and get her to think all these things about why she sucks, okay? So what you do is you get a piece of paper and you put a line down the middle of the paper. Whoops, let me go the right direction. That's perfect. Okay. And on the left-hand side, you write, my mind says, and you throw up those thoughts. I suck. What am I doing? I'm never going to get the promotion. Who do I think I am? Whatever. You know, you really, really give it to yourself in that left-hand side, get it out of your head. Then you take a moment, you put your hand on your heart and you just take a breath. And you remember, oh, I listened to that woman, Tracy, like yell at me about how I need to stop believing my thoughts. And I could think on purpose. Right. And then you come over here to the right side of the page and you let the next level version of you think on your behalf. But she says, I'm amazing. I was born for success. This promotion is in the bag. And if it's not something greater is on the way. I am enough. And just like that, what you've done is you've played with neuroplasticity. You've played with mindset, moving yourself out of the low level stuff that your mind's going to give you into, this is where your self doubt lives. And in the moment, jump over here and let the version of you that you are becoming the one that lives in the vision that you worked on in the vision board that's sitting in your bedroom and you let that level of you think on purpose for you. That's how you actually change your thoughts that
1: is the best. It is so simple. I, yeah. okay. I'm totally going to do that. I'm also going to use your breathing technique that you talk about on the Ted talk. So I haven't yeah. tried that particular pattern before. So I'm curious to see how it changes. But a- again, audience breath work is so important and you know, just her having you stop and take that breath before you t- take that next step is going to change everything. So Really look into breath work. Uh,
0: Wim, is it Wim Hof? huff Hum? You... Wim huff Yes, he does breath Wim work, huff. and and it, and his breath work is a little bit different. So he's doing a lot of also upregulating as well. So here's mm-hmm. this is just an important piece to understand about uh, breath work is well we'll call it breathing. Because there's also a type of breath work that's like a deep spiritual, cellular trauma release. I have a woman in my mind magic program her name is Vaughn and she is a breathwork teacher and she does like deep sessions. Now what we're doing is breathing. It is the choice to interrupt your nervous system. So you can move yourself from the jacked up frenetic version of you down into your body where you are at rest and digest at homeostasis. And this is where you can make new conscious choice. You cannot make new conscious choice up here, jacked up, right? So when you feel anxiety, self doubt, as we're mm-hmm. talking about that, stuck on that topic, it's like first, before you even take to the page to start to shift your thinking, it's really important to to. And I show this in the in the TEDx, right? You put your hand on your heart, and you drop into your body. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different rhythms of of breathing, but when you change the rate, depth, and pattern of how you breathe and you breathe into your belly, you're starting to relax your system. And now you feel like a different person and mm-hmm. you're centered and you're capable of making a different choice.
1: Absolutely. And there's a ton of research that's been do- done on this. I think the Heart Math Institute's the one I'm the most familiar with. I know they do so much good stuff so much good stuff okay one other little thing i want to tell you because we're almost out of time do you know that the the syndrome or the feeling of not being good enough is actually has a name what is it a telephobia
0: i had did not know that
1: so the reason i figured that out actually my boyfriend figured it out for me was when i was doing my gremlin project. Yeah. And I yes, had to name my gremlin. He said, Oh, well, the fear of not being good enough is basically it's called a telephobia. And I was like, Ugh. so I had a raggedy and doll that was my visual representation of my gremlin. Cause I was a redheaded, freckled faced child. And she had a button that had, my name is telly for a telephobia. And then all the buttons on her were all my limiting beliefs and all my doubts.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: that's, that's quite the project. I actually just found my project the other day when I was purging my office. I uh, was fear of failure.
1: Yours was what?
0: Fear of failure.
1: Uh, we'll have to exchange projects sometime so we can see, because I've actually got a client working on that right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have another conversation because also failure is just not what we thought it was either. Mm -mm. Failure doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that you should stop doing the thing. Failure is the only way you learn anything. If you don't have mistakes and mishaps, you will never have success. That's right. That's right.
1: Oh my goodness. I cannot believe our time has just flown by. (laughs) So I have to get to our VIP questions though. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars,
0: what three things or people would you take with you? Oh, okay. Music, journal with a writing utensil. I'm counting that as one. Okay. And highly conscious people. Ooh. Highly conscious people only.
1: I like it, I like it. Okay, super curious about this. What is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success?
0: Um, Spaciousness, I'm giving it to spaciousness. And I talk to the nature in my backyard. So I I was like, I walk my dog in the morning or if my husband had, I'll sit down, I have this beautiful like um, couch bed swing thing. Mm -hmm. And I sit up there with my coffee And I just sit there and I I talk to the grass and to the trees and the birds like, hello, good morning. How are you? Let's look at all this abundance that we have, like so lucky. And I'm just like, be with the wholeness Mm -hmm. of what is real, which is the truth of the abundance of the universe and the wholeness of me and you. And I just sit for a few minutes and connect to that. Mm -hmm. And it's magic. Are you doing it barefooted? Always. I'm (laughs) barefooted right now different like all the time. If I go to the gym and I have to put sneakers on, otherwise, yeah. And for my (laughs) recent photo shoot, there was a few shots. She's like, we just put the heels on for this. Okay, fine. But the whole rest of the shoot was barefoot. That'll (laughs)
1: love it. I love that you take such a stand about that. That is beautiful. One of these days.
0: It's like grounded. It is grounding. Grounding. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll have to tell you something else about that after the podcast. We have so much to follow up on. Um, Okay, (laughs) so my final question is if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be?
0: Tracy Litt eradicates the great lie of unworthiness and teaches people how to think on purpose to generate their desires. (laughs) That's a long headline. That's like the whole article.
1: (laughs) This is so much fun. I knew it was gonna be, I was so looking forward to this conversation. So unfortunately we're gonna have to wrap it up for now, but I do have one. Oh, how
0: do people find you?
1: that's important oh,
0: uh the litfactor.com is the best place to go and it's lit with two t's the l-i-t-t factor.com
1: and it is definitely a place you want to visit guys i kind of hang out there not gonna lie so <laughs> all right well one last thing that i have to say to you tracy
0: you are a vip thank you i fully received that and let that in and that's a wrap for today